Beamer Tire and Auto Repair, now with three locations across the triad in High Point, Greensboro, and our new location in Kernersville. Beamer Tire and Auto offers full-service auto repair, all tire brands, free alignment checks, oil changes, and more. In Kernersville, check out the no-appointment-needed Quick Lube Shop. Check out their thousands of five-star ratings via Google and Yelp. They care because they know that you can go anywhere. So try a shop with a beating heart, not a bottom line. Beamer Tire and Auto Repair. Visit us on Facebook or at BeamerTire.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Welcome back to Franchise Players. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Hot Rod Thunderbird and Brandon Blakeney. You can follow us on Tobacco Radio, at Tobacco Radio, I should say, on Twitter. Go ahead and pound that follow button. Hit the like button, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, on Facebook as we grow every single day. Guys, say thank you to everyone who's uh, participated and helped with uh, growing this network as we continue to grow. Um, we, we just appreciate all the support that everyone's been giving us. Um, guys, I... I, I was I was hoping we'd be able to get through this this uh, episode without talking about Aaron Rodgers, but this thing just keeps festering. Um, <laughs> for starters, do, does anyone think Aaron Rodgers is getting traded? Because I keep hearing this thing that oh, we'll wait till after June. They're going to definitely trade him. He's got to get traded. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, this ain't new. None of this is new. The Roger, Rodgers has had issues with the Packers for like feels like four or five years. So like, why would he get traded now when they've been? a couple of plays away from the Super Bowl the past two years. Like, do you, do you guys feel like, uh, Anthony, do y'all feel like that Aaron Rodgers is going to get traded before the season begins? Let's just start right there. I don't think he will. Like, I just don't think he will. And I've got my reasons for it, and I'll, I'll go after you guys go. But, uh, Brandon, we'll, you go first here. Uh, will Aaron Rodgers okay. get traded? I, honestly, if he were to, I don't think he will, first off. But if he were, I think it would be, like, open. Like, they're going to send to the AFC. I don't think he'll get traded, though. I think that he will not wear a Packers jersey again, though. Um, I'm not sure. I think he's got maybe, like, a year left. Like, his guaranteed money is about out. So, I don't know yeah. if anybody has a package to really get Aaron Rodgers. But I do think it's gone too far. Like, he, he's trashed him. He's called my man. What was my man from the last dance, the GM? That he, Jerry Krause. That, uh, Cruz that broke up yeah, the Jer- Jer- Krause, Yeah, Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause. Packers this now, man. It's, <laughs> it's gone too far. I think there's no turning back, man. Like he, it, it's never been to this level of the disrespect. Like He's done in Green Bay, I feel like. Now, Rod, we 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 watched the disrespect to Jerry Krause by Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, all them dudes. Like as it was happening, like they never hid their disdain for Jerry Krause. And this is kind of the first time where we're seeing. I think I mentioned this last week because someone was saying that Rodgers doesn't like uh, Matt Lafleur and all that stuff. I was like, I don't think that's it. I think it's actually above Lafleur. I think it's the front office that Rodgers is having a problem with. And then it comes out with the text messages coming out and everything that he was calling. Uh, I forgot the general manager's name. But he's basically calling him Jerry Krause in the text messages to to players and stuff. Uh, people forget though, Jerry Krause never traded Michael Jordan away. Like that didn't happen. Like he knew enough to know what he had. Like he basically got rid of the coach he didn't have. He had a problem with, and that drove Jordan away. Do you, do you see this GM for the Packers, Rod, actually trading for or trading away the franchise and Aaron Rodgers? 
there's he could possibly trade away the franchise once it kicks into his head that Aaron Rodgers is done. I mean, because you don't want to be a complete idiot and not get anything for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to pay for the Green Bay Packers. Period. It's done. You think so? It's you really? You really think I so? I really think so. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is done, dude. He's that kind of guy. I mean, have you not looked at him, seen the way he's acted, even the way he acted toward uh, Brett Favre when Brett Favre left? I mean, he had a few words that he said with Brett Favre going out the door because Brett Favre didn't want to go. But then he's realized now when they drafted this quarterback, the Green Bay Packers, Packers when they drafted Love, that was all over with, Dez. He was done. Aaron Rodgers said, this is it. I know exactly what you're doing to me. Same thing you're doing to Brett Favre, but I'm going out the way I want to go out. I'm not letting you dictate it to me. That's what Aaron Rodgers is doing. Where would y'all rank Aaron Rodgers all time? Like, like, how many quarterbacks do you have to say before you get to Aaron Rodgers? Because I've been trying to figure this out. I mean, I put him over Dan Marino. I mean, I, he, I mean he, we're he top four or five. Is he, he top four? See, that's, John that's, Elway and ooh, ooh. Hey, look, <laughs> top, I've got, I've got Joe Montana. I've got Tom Brady. Okay, yep, got them. Uh, you I'd got put, them too. I yeah, got. I also got, and I also got um, Steve Young. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I uh, think Steve Young. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I, I would. take yeah, Steve yeah, yeah. Young over Aaron Rodgers. They yeah, played yeah. in a different era. I'm mad at it. I'm yeah, I'm mad at it. Yeah, I'm mad at that. That's <laughs> yeah. I take um. Oh, you made me forget the guy. Oh, Peyton Manning. I take Peyton Manning for Aaron Rodgers. Right, Peyton Manning. That's right. I was I got Peyton Manning right there. And then after that, that's why I said he's I mean, about that? four or five. That's I mean, four. You, just you said Brady, Montana, Young, uh, Manning, and Peyton Manning. Peyton. That's four. You wouldn't take like uh John Elway before. Aaron Rodgers? No, I, I take Aaron Rodgers. I, I've seen Aaron Rodgers dismantle my um Cowboys twice, yeah, two yeah, years yeah. in a row. You have. <laughs> Here, how about this? Would you take Patrick Mahomes over Aaron Rodgers? Ah, that is not fair because <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is a great talent, but I want to see some more work. <laughs> he's out only of Patrick played. I, I wanted to say he only played three years, but in those three years, he's won a Super Bowl and a league MVP, and was really yeah, an offsides penalty from going to two Super Bowls. So I yeah. mean, but what happens? And not to put anything <laughs> on anybody, I'm not putting anything on anybody. But what happens? If the same thing happens to Patrick Mahomes that happened to Bo Jackson, then what are we sitting at? But he, would are, at? but he would have a ring and he'd have a league MVP. Oh, like he already got him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's kind of right. like a he got him so early. Like, that's the thing, like with Dan Marino. Like, we had we hadn't really said, like Brandon mentioned Dan Marino early in the segment, but I can't put Dan didn't win as much as the other guys did. So I can't put right. him as high. It's kind of the same with Terry Bradshaw, but in reverse. Terry won four Super Bowls, but I can't consciously put Terry Bradshaw in the top ten best quarterbacks of all right. time. Like he right. had a year we had more interceptions and touchdowns than one Super Bowl. Right. Nah, 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 I'll stop there. Like he's a Hall of Famer. He won two, four Super Bowls as starting quarterback. I gotta give him that. No, but. I'm saying I don't. No, no, no. I don't think he's literally in the Hall of Fame. Like I don't think he's in. Oh yeah, no, Bradshaw's in. Yeah, I'm Bradshaw's saying. in. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's oh, in. He's, he's in. in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. That whole Steelers team he, was pretty much in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all in there. It's like a Steelers wing for the '70s. It's just all of them. It's just the yeah. Steelers and the Raiders pretty much in there. The whole thing. Um, yeah, but I don't. I don't know about Patrick Mahomes. Did just because I. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. If, he's, listen, almost a, we, he's almost an updated yeah, version of Aaron Rodgers, isn't he? No, I'm just saying, if we go out here and pick a team today oh, no. yeah, to play backyard football, yeah. yes, yes, I'm going to pick Patrick Mahomes. But I, I'm I, saying, uh, I the body of work yeah, that I've seen with Aaron Rodgers, 
It's, it's, I mean, but like I said, he's still four or five quarterback to me. You still got him close to five, maybe six. You, you rank know. him over Brett Favre? Yeah, because Brett Favre threw many picks for me. He's the record holder. I think he's yeah, like that's what I'm saying. 20 interceptions yeah. or something. Yeah, like, like I hold one. Yeah. yeah, like I hold that against you. I'm sorry. <laughs> and see, like then we talk about someone like a Dan Marino who got to the Super Bowl once, never made it back. Because that's the thing I think for me with yeah. Aaron Rodgers is that he hasn't been back to a Super Bowl. He's had 11 years since his last, his only appearance in the Super Bowl. Right. And but he's he had some it. teams. He's had some teams right. that should have got there, and they they stumbled uh, spectacularly the year after the Super Bowl. They went 15 and one. Hosted a playoff game and lost to the Giants in a wide and like a uh in a yeah. divisional game. And that should have been a team defense. that was in the playoffs. Yeah, that was yeah. defense. I'm, defense. There's gotta be, I'm trying to think. So we've really only said we're missing some quarterbacks somewhere here. Cause we said Brady, Montana, Young. Uh who else Manning. did we say? Manning. Elway? Did we say Elway? No, not yet. You so were talking about four. Elway. Yeah, that's only four. That can't yeah, be right. <laughs> There's got to be some more. Yeah, that's what I was saying. He top five, six, somewhere in there. Of all time? Right now? I mean, mm. well, I haven't seen a lot of film of the guys back in the day. I mean, I, I mean, better, you know, he's better than most of those dudes. Like, them dudes wouldn't even throw in the football, like 2,000-yard seasons or whatever. You know what I mean? Well, but like, you go. Once you get to, like, the 80s, 90s, like, would you take uh, Rodgers over Troy Aikman? Yeah. I know that hurt. I know that hurt. Yeah, it did. <laughs> I know that hurt. hurt to say that. <laughs> I'm trying, I feel like I'm missing a guy. Like who? Who's a quarterback that? I mean, you I got just, guys like you got guys uh, like Randall. Um, what's my man for the uh, Randall for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, uh, Randall Cunningham. Randall Cunningham. You know yeah, he Randall balled. I, I'm um, taking Aaron Rodgers over Cunningham. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just. <laughs> I'm surprised you put my boy um, over John Elway or uh, Troy Aikman. John Elway, though, that's tough. Uh, yeah, right. I'm like, yo. I, so you got Elway ranked higher than Troy Aikman. Same. Yeah, though. Troy Aikman won the, the defense. Off, I mean, won the Super Bowl off defense, man. Y'all know how I feel about the defense. And Emmett running and the ball. A, and an and 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 <laughs> offensive line. And an yeah. offensive line. That's great how he wanted. Great wall of Dallas. But he did right, what he right. had to do. He basically exactly. completed passes. That's it. That, that's why I'm not mad at him. I, I just <laughs> can't turn put him over. up there five or six. I just yeah. can't put him up there five or six. That's good. I, got, I mean, I, yeah, go ahead, I Brandon. don't know anybody. I was else. just going to say, man, I, I think Aaron Rodgers, I, I can see Joe Montana. And, you know, the, the top three we said, Um, I forgot the other two. Um, uh, young, Manning, 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 Manning. Yeah, Young. And what? so I would say I would put him probably over Steve Young, but it, it's close. Um, I just think from a pure talent standpoint and just the things we've seen him do, and I'm pretty sure if we put him head to head, um, just player for player, like the accolades speak for themselves. Like MVP at this age. And I know it's a quarterback-driven league now, so we do have to, you know, counter with that. Like he's getting the throw yeah. way more forty times. Yeah. That's why. That's why I got him was ahead of Steve Young too. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean Steve Young yeah. ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. Steve Young. But, ahead of him. Steve Young, I think he still has the highest quarterback rating for a season of all time, if I'm yep, not mistaken. He sure does. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. That's a good. That's a good pick. No Cam Newton love. We gonna put no Cam Newton in here. Uh, no, no. Need, need some more work. Need some more work. <laughs> that's my guy. <laughs> I like new, but we need some more work, Dad. Tell him to get with Belichick yeah. and do something. Sometime <laughs> in the, the summer, I've been, <laughs> I've been saving it. We're going to do, is Cam Newton deserving to be in the Hall of Fame? Not first ballot, but does yeah. he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? We're going to go through his resume because there's a lot of hate towards Cam in terms oh, of, nah, he can't get in. But then you start going through, like, the records this dude holds and, like, mm -hmm. what he's done. 
he's right up there with a, a Dan Marino or whoever else. So we'll we'll get into that a little bit later on in the, the season. The debate I always see is him and Michael Vick compared to each other. Oh, I'm taking Cam over Michael Vick. Michael Vick was oh, yeah. like a well. Listen, Michael let Vick, me ask y'all this: Michael Vick was like go. a fire hose without somebody manning yeah. it. Like, like this is spraying it everywhere. <laughs> uh, there was no offense for him. Like he was yeah. just ahead of his time. It was him. Yeah, it's just yeah. like one read and go. Like I, mm, Cam was a bit more refined. He's bigger. I think yeah. Lamar Jackson would be a more accurate comparison to, Vic, to Michael. Yeah. Vick. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get that. Hey or guys, RG3. hey guys, can I ask y'all about a quarterback that we skip right over and he's right in front of our face? Who's that? Drew Brees. Oh, oh you know what? That's who I'm forgetting. Drew Brees. Where do you put him at? Yeah, where he got to be top Drew five. At? He got to be top five. He's in the, the, he's the record five, yeah. for like everything. Yeah, he's got yeah. to be top five, right? Yeah, I, it's I, him I and Brady. Yeah. That's a good one. That's who I was forgetting. Wait, yeah, didn't even Brady in there either. I don't think anybody said Brady. No, no, no. We put yeah, Brady. We in said there. Brady. Yeah, yeah we, we got Brady Montana. Brady Montana Young. Young. I got Brady number one. I got Brady number one right now. Brady Montana Young and Manning. Those are the four. He's got. He's got seven rings. He's he's I think he's the leading passer in NFL history. I think he passed. Yeah, you uh, got to whatever. No, he's got, got records. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm tired of hating. Yeah, I'm tired of hating. <laughs> we don't like talking about him, so you didn't hear his name a whole lot. <laughs> but it was just kind of assumed. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, know, I got Brady. Oh, yeah, we man. yeah we just skipped right past him. He's like <laughs> yeah. Brady and um, it's just assumed. Brady and Manning, Joe Montana. Yep. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna argue about him no more. <laughs> There's a respect for his approach to the game, but yeah, I can't say that I'm a fan. Speaking of goats, a goat reemerged this week. Tim Tebow, apparently he's going to be signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it'll be a tight end, something that basically every single sporting fan on earth was screaming for him to do eight years ago (laughs) (laughs) when the last time he played football. Um, Does this going to work? Because on one hand, so let's see, eight years. So that means Tim Tebow's got to be what, like 30, 31? He's been playing baseball. He's been playing baseball. So that's not the same sport. Body's going to look a little different. But Tim Tebow was a, a pretty uh, chiseled individual to begin with. Um, I don't right. think it's that it's going to be out of shape. And I don't think Urban Meyer would just hire him just because it's a, you know something cool to do. Do you think Tim Tebow at tight end can work uh, in the NFL? Rod, you got it. I went last time. Man, I think Tim Tebow could do anything he puts his mind to. Y'all know the Tim <laughs> Tebow mindset and what he <laughs> does. Positivity. There's, there's nothing in the world that – Tim Tebow, the friend of Stephen A. Smith, cannot do nothing at all. I don't know, man. I think Tim Tebow may have been hired to be possibly a coach and a mentor and a teacher and good for that locker room down there. And because it's also his coach. I mean, he won his coach two titles. Did he not? Yeah. In college. Yeah. He won won him for his coach. So, you know, sometimes you scratch my back. We scratch yours. Do y'all the key is, do you expect Tim Tebow to actually start? Y'all think Tim Tebow can get the starting job? Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Everybody thinks that you can just go out there and catch a football, but you got to be able to block, which he probably hasn't had a whole lot of experience. And I'm thinking of route running. Like, how how many routes has he actually ran? Like, are they comfortable with him out there trying to beat defenders? Not saying he's not athletic enough, but the technique. Like, he just hasn't had the reps. If he can pull this off, though, we're going to have to reevaluate everything we've ever said about Tim Tebow. Like, in terms of him being like on that greatest athlete list that we did a couple of weeks ago, we might have to put Tim Tebow on there. Um, if he can pull no, this off, no, no, he ain't no, played no, football no, in eight no, years. No. He ain't played in eight oh, years. No. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Yeah, he won't pull it off. 
I mean, he might. He won't be out there playing like that. I don't know, but he got Trevor Lawrence. You got them. Trevor Lawrence tossing them the footballs to him. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer had to have something written up for Tebow from back in the Florida days. That he's going to pull out. Like they're going to do some kind of crazy. He'll be lined up at tight end, right, and, and go in motion to be the quarterback or something like some kind of trick plays or something. Like that's what I feel like they're going to end up doing with him. It's like a little, little should, junk like that. Oh, I'm sure. They should have put him at fullback. Yeah, I think plays. that would have been, yep. been better. I think when he was with the Patriots, I think that's what they were talking about, that they wanted to put him like at, at fullback or something, and that's yeah. why he ended up leaving because he didn't want to play football. He wanted to play quarterback. But yeah. there was this dude there named Tom Brady, and he wasn't going to play above him. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, where we put him? Let's put him, let's put him someplace else. But I think if he had done this when he got out of college – he would be, he would have had a 10 year career if he uh, had time to kind of learn a different position and go. He right, had yeah. the, the physique for it, but this is just like Jacksonville is his hometown. Uh, Urban Meyer was his college coach. He had the most success under Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, I hope it works out for him. I'm not expecting it to, but it'll it'll put some eyeballs on Jacksonville for sure. And I think, too, what we see is guys have made this transition before. Like, I don't think Antonio Gates played a whole lot of football in college. Like, guys have come over from basketball and done it. So, I mean, I think he has a chance. He at least has played football. But tight end is the most coveted position in the NFL. Look, he now, man, like, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just watched Kyle Pitts get drafted number four overall. The highest a tight end's ever been drafted. And pretty much everyone considered him the best athlete in this entire draft playing tight yep. end. So we'll we'll see. Let's uh let's take a quick break. When we come back, WFMY's Jalen Gilkey will join me. We'll talk about the NBA playing uh tournament uh and go around the NBA. These guys will be back in just a bit. Uh and they will talk about uh the Los Angeles Lakers are actually getting a last dance type of documentary on Hulu in 2022. It was announced on Monday evening. Who's a franchise that deserves a last dance documentary? We'll get back with these guys a little bit later on in the show. You listen to franchise players on tobaccorosportsradio.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Back to Franchise Players. I am your host, Desmond Johnson. You can follow us on Twitter at Tobacco Radio to catch not only uh, previous episodes of Franchise Players, but all of the programming we have here at Tobacco Road Sports Radio, uh, The Pit Stop with James Wilson, uh, The Score with Brett Wiseman, and uh, Live with Brandon Blakeney. On the line with us right now from WFMY, here in the triad, Jalen Gilkey. You can follow him on Twitter at Silky Gilkey. What's going on, my man? What's up, Desmond? I truly appreciate you having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, man. I wanted to talk some NBA with you. I know uh, you're you're a hooper like myself in terms of it being in your heart. And uh, we're we're only a week away from the playoffs starting in the NFL. We got a lot of different storylines I want to touch on with you. Uh, of course, the biggest thing right now is this uh, NBA play-in game concept. Uh, they opened it up with the uh, the bubble uh, last season. Mm-hmm. They've kept it for this season. As it stands right now, as we're doing this segment, uh, the East would include the Celtics, Hornets, Wizards, Pacers in the play-in. And the West, it'd be the Lakers, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, and the Spurs. Does the do the play-in does the play-in tournament sound more exciting than the regular playoffs to you right now? Oh, I feel like it's just it's a fresh concept more than anything. Um, you know, the NBA is always looking for a way to draw new audiences and you know to take s- sports to the next level. 
you know, just they're ahead on creativity, player movement, all those type of things. So I feel like this is another thing that they're looking for, you know, just to try to shake things up a bit. Personally, I don't know if I'm a fan of it. Um, I don't like I don't know if I like like how the matchups are going. You know, it's seven through ten, but then the first round matchup is the seven and the eight seed versus each other. Mm-hmm. And then the eight, nine versus the ten. I don't I feel like it should be seven versus ten and then eight versus nine. If we're gonna do it, let's just you know, do it like a real let's like, do it like a real elimination, tournament. a real elimination tournament. Exactly. So, so for people that don't know at this point how it works out, um, let me re- real quick. I'll just go through that. So, uh, on both sides, the Eastern and the Western Conference, uh, the seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth seeds will go into the playing tournament. The seventh and eighth seeds, like Jalen said, will play each other. So right now, it would be LeBron, AD, and the Lakers versus Steph and the Warriors in that first uh, <laughs> matchup, and then, um, then the other, and then on the other side, you would have uh, Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics taking on Lamelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets. the The winner of that of those games becomes the seventh seed. They don't have to play again, so they automatically advance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eighth seed gets dropped into the, the the losers bracket, basically, where the the winner of the nine ten matchup would play the loser of the seven eight. And the winner of that game would become the eighth seed. The loser of the non-pin matchup would just go home because technically they ain't supposed to be there in the first place. So uh, they would disappear. Um, that that so like the did you hear the Lamel? I meant the uh, LeBron comments from earlier this week where he was saying you know he don't like it and whoever yeah. made it up should be fired. I just thought it was funny because he was all for it like six months ago. Well, <laughs> like literally know, he, six months ago, he w- he didn't think his team would be in the plane. Exactly. So, so <laughs> whatever whatever works best for LeBron at the time is how he feels. <laughs> and so because now not only did we have the sh- you know the uh, COVID setback last year, the season going way later than it's ever gone before, then the super quick turnaround. But now he's got to play in this play-in game to even get into the playoff format or until the actual playoff series. So, you know, at what, 37, Mm -hmm. 36, 37? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know LeBron is looking for as few minutes on his body as possible in this play-in game is not going to help. They, the Lakers have four games left, uh, like most of the league. If they can get, uh, I think they're only. I was just looking at it. They're only a, a game or two behind. Yeah, I got. Uh, I got. I got pull it up pulled right up here. here. Yeah, I got it right here. So, yeah. so what we got here in the West? Port, Portland's the six seed is at thirty nine and twenty nine, and then the Lakers at the seven seed are thirty eight and thirty. Oh, so just a game back. Yeah, exactly. So, like four games to play, so they can avoid the plan altogether if they can just pa- uh, bypass Portland, who's been dealing with injuries all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course they have to do that. Uh, the exactly. Lakers are still kind of struggling. They're three and seven in their past 10 games. Uh, Anthony Davis looks like he's starting to get it back a little bit. Yeah, four, 42 of, last night, right? Yeah. He, he, he was balling the other night. So it looks like he's starting to come back. And I saw LeBron saw an ankle specialist and there's no sharp pain. He's starting to work out. He might be back. Um, uh, later tonight on Tuesday. So uh, they might be starting to get it together. I know if I'm the rest of the Western Conference, the Jazz, the Suns, we've, we're going to talk about them in a little bit. I don't want to see a, a fully healthy Lakers team in the first round. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't so, want to see the Lakers as a seventh seed or an eighth seed. So here's my theory, right? So I was checking out, because, uh, you know, the six seed, they're going to have the matchup with the three-seeded uh, Clippers. The Clippers, yeah. And so I feel like, you know, not only were the, the Lakers struggling without LeBron, but I kind of feel like they might have lost a couple games on purpose just to avoid that first round matchup with Ooh. the Clippers. Ooh. So I would I, personally, if I was the Lakers, if I was on the Lakers staff, I would rather play the Warriors with just Steph Curry and a mm-hmm. some and a sometimey Andrew Wiggins instead of having to play Kawhi and Paul George in the first round. 
Oh, I see what you're saying. So was, instead of them trying to get that sixth spot, actually staying put somewhere seven, eight, exactly. so that all they have to do is win one game, and then they would end up matching up against the Jazz or the Suns first round. Exactly. Yeah, that sounds like something Lakerish. <laughs> sounds Very- like something they might do. Hey, you know, I had this crazy. I didn't want to say it before, and you've kind of hinted on it a little bit, but I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there right now. I almost feel like the Lakers. How do I put this? Hmm. I almost feel like they held Davis and James back longer than what their injuries actually were in order to rest them. I would imagine. So I feel like that is, you know, the movement that's taken over uh, sports, especially in the NBA. When you have a team and you got, you know, superstars that have been out or dealing with injuries, uh, teams do whatever they can to have their, their, their guys as ready as possible uh, for the playoffs. And if, you know, LeBron who, amazingly in 17 years, 18 years has never really had a substantial injury except for was that two years ago? Yeah. The groin, the groin. So it's just interesting to see how they, you know, have handled the whole situation. And personally, like I said, he's 36, 37 years old in year 18. There's no way they're going to put him out there if he's not a hundred percent. And you know, if they're in, if they're in, like I was talking to a couple of my buddies the other day, I was saying they were talking about how the Lakers could be in the playing game after they had lost a couple nights ago. And I was like, yeah, and they're probably going to go from the playing game to the NBA finals. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at the Western Conference and I'm like, if the Lakers are healthy, because it, it, people forget what they did in the offseason. They actually improved like the Absolutely. roster from, from just one, you know, so I'm looking at it like, OK, if they if they let's just say because LeBron said some cryptic stuff. Right, right before the season started, where he was saying things like, you know, I think we're starting too early and, you know, we just stopped playing not too long ago. The Lakers played longer than everybody other than the Heat. So, I mean, I kind of got it. And then when Davis went down, I was like, OK, well, Davis has an injury issue. He's had a history of injury. So every that could year. just kind of be written off. Yeah, every year he's got something going on. Now, when LeBron got hurt on what looked like a relative ankle twist that mere mortals typically have. And then they're back, you know, in a couple of weeks, LeBron's a, a, a cyborg. So you kind of expected right. him to be back faster. And when he took off as much time as he did, and there was really nothing from the Lakers in terms of the severity of it, that's when I was like, okay, they're, they're resting LeBron. They're going to try to coast through this. And they look at it like they could be anywhere from one to eight on this seating. And they feel comfortable, especially with COVID these aren't full capacity stadiums. So it's exactly. not like it's home court for real. So, I mean, you're going to travel there. Yes. But I don't think the Lakers feel like they would have an issue with any of these teams except for, well, none of them really. I was going to say the nuggets, but they don't have Murray. So I, mm, I don't know. I don't think they really feel like they'd have a problem with any of these teams in a seven game series. I think exactly. it's, it's the threat of losing to Steph in a one game scenario. Is what he can get worried. Once the chef get cooking, ain't nothing you can yeah. do, man. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that would put the fear into any of them and say, okay, you got one game, but it's against Steph, and he's basically had like the hottest month ever. Like he's coming off of it, and you're about to play him. You all know where the ball's going. Everyone knows where the ball's going. He's still going to get it. He's still going to shoot forty footers. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, yeah. is but it see, enough to stop him? Yeah, I would say, I would say it is just because of the simple fact that LeBron. I, Le- I feel like LeBron has a formula to stop Steph Curry. He, yeah. he, he knows and as long as the teams are relatively equal, he has a formula that can stop Steph Curry. Uh, I can with that. So, you know, and he, they showed it when they won the championship. Was that 2016? That's yeah. They, yeah. They, so they, they showed that they have a formula to beat Steph. Uh, even in the 
uh, two previous, well, the two, yeah, the two previous finals before that, they never, you know, he he never really got off. You know yeah, what I'm saying? yeah, you're right. You're absolutely so right. They're especially they won because they had superior talent. You know, they had mm-hmm. Clay, and then they brought in KD, and then it was over. So yeah. it's like you know, just Steph out there. I, I think LeBron is comfortable with that, but there's always the you know, in the back of your mind, there is that chance that the chef can go for sixty. Over in the over on the Eastern Conference, we're on the line with uh, Jalen Gilkey from WFMY uh, TV here in the Triad. How does this uh, the news just broke um, Monday night on uh, Celtics player Jalen Brown? He's got a torn ligament in his wrist. He's going to miss the rest of the season. How do you think that's going to affect the Celtics? Because the Celtics are actually fighting with our Charlotte Hornets right now uh, with the seventh and eighth spots. The Celtics have a two game lead over the Hornets for the seventh uh, seventh position, so they're not exactly out of the woods yet for the plan themselves. They are two games behind the Heat in the sixth spot, uh, who have just kind of cleared the play in themselves just over the past week. How does this affect the the Celtics? Because I, I kind of feel like the Celtics are almost snake bit to a certain degree. They had all these draft picks and all this young talent, and Danny Ainge just felt like he's kept compiling and compiling. But what have we really seen from all of this? I, they made the Eastern Conference Finals like two years ago, but they haven't been to the NBA Finals. They just gave max contracts to both Brown and to Jason Tatum, but they're sitting here in the seventh seed. Like, what does this do with no Brown this year? It's almost like I don't think the Celtics can really even get out of the first round or the plan for that matter. Well, honestly, it just depends on what Hornets team shows up if they do have that first round matchup. Honestly, I think Jason Tatum by himself could get them past the Hornets in a one game play in. Now, I don't see them winning. Uh, a first round matchup right now being from the nets. Yeah. So. I, that, yeah. That's, I, I, I'm not seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but honestly, I think with or without Jalen Brown, the Celtics will be okay for the plan. But even like I said, with or without, I don't see them, you know, moving past the first round just simply because they haven't been able to put it together all year. They, they've seemed to be missing a piece or just, it's like they're, I don't even know. I don't. I couldn't even really put together what they are truly missing, except for maybe a big that was more of a scoring option. Hmm. I feel like I feel like the loss of Al Horford last year really, really hurt the Celtics, just because of the fact that he brings that stretch four ability, veteran presence. You know, he he a bit of a presence on the block, and they haven't been able to replace that or replicate that, and you know. I, I just don't see the Celtics having enough as they're as they're constructed now with or with Jalen Brown to make a deep run in the playoffs this year. It it does feel like the Celtics are like it's like they're it, stuck in the mud. Yeah, it's like something's. It's like they want Tatum to be like this top ten guy, and I'm not sure if he is, but they're paying him like he is. You know, like right. I, I don't. He has his moments. Of course, he can go off for sixty points. I mean, he's a scorer. He's a he's a natural scorer. But is he like a elite player in the NBA because that's how they're paying him. And that's kind of what they're looks like they decided over the past year to kind of build around him and Jalen Brown. But I don't think that's enough. I don't, you know, I don't think that's enough in the East. The East is kind of rebuilding. Uh, Speaking of which one of the teams has been a surprise this year is the New York Knicks uh, and what they're doing. They're in the fourth seed right now, uh, a game ahead of the Atlanta Hawks uh, at 38 and 30 with four more to play. New coach Tom Thibodeau, they're, they're, I think they're the top-ranked defensive team in the league. How yes, dangerous sir. can they be? How dangerous do you think the Knicks can be? Because I think people are, are kind of just like, oh, the Knicks are having a good year, but they're not really thinking far ahead. 
I think the Knicks are a matchup problem for every single team in the Eastern Conference. Well, I would say the Knicks are probably the toughest team in the NBA. Like you said, you know, ranked number one defensively throughout the year. They got a great young guard in Emmanuel Quickly. They got uh, Julius Randle, who has blossomed into what I believe a lot of people thought he could be in the NBA. Yep, got, his, love got, his, got his body uh, in shape, looks great. Then he's added a jumper, and he's pretty much unstoppable because, you know, he, he he's bringing that hard left game. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm-hmm. going to get to my spot. I'm going hard left. I'm going to rip through. You're not going to stop me. But now he's added the step back. And I love yeah. what they're doing. He's and nasty. So, yeah, and then yeah. they would have a first-round matchup with the – what would it be, the Bucks? Uh, right now, the, the, the Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, the Hawks but, they, right but they'd have home court, so they'd be uh, MSG. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'd be the Hawks and Trey Young, um, yeah. which, you know. I could, I could see the Knicks winning that series easy. Yeah, honestly, I could, too. I, I, I could see, see them sweeping it. it. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> really? Honestly, I don't know if the Hawks have enough to contend with the number one defensive team in the league. If they got Trey Young and they got John Collins, but, you know, John Collins – hasn't been a i would say they don't i, I said they don't use john collins mm-hmm. to the best of his ability i, I honestly i kind of wish the hornets would figure out a way to bring john collins to charlotte because he would that fit would in be perfect a, with what they need great fit get rid but, of biombo yes <laughs> cody zeller all of them just pack him up on a truck just be like here you go boys going down to atlanta i, I like uh, cody i like cody but biombo he irritates me i'm sorry I mean, Zeller as a starter, I don't like. I mean, I'm fine with him right. being in a rotation, but like Fair depending enough. on him to be your starting center, like I feel yeah. like that's the one thing the Hornets are gonna have to figure out this offseason is the you center have position. Got to have a post presence. They have yeah. him at this point. And right, I mean, I like the idea of Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, these young guys, but they're 19. Like it, we might be two, three years away from them really being able to be contributors and starters uh, in, in the East, where you've actually got uh, some guys like Joel Embiid. And the the one seed 76ers who have been pretty much number one from uh, wire to wire. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the Brooklyn Nets floating around out there. Their big threes only play like seven games together this year. And to me, it's almost like a, a, a it's going to be almost like a repeat of the Clippers last year where they get in the playoffs. They finally have all three of them together, but they haven't played together, really. Does it does it mesh? Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to mesh or not, I'm but it's the East. Know. I'm going <laughs> to let you know. These three here are. I would say better than the two that the Clippers have. So. Oh yes, I will so. definitely give them that. They they have exceeded what I thought. I thought it was going to be a disaster. Um, I'm gonna be honest. Totally I was exceeded. a little I was a little skeptical <laughs> skeptical myself when it first started. But once I started watching the games, because you know we saw a bit of Kyrie Irving and KD together when the season started, and it looked great. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, okay, well, what is James Harden going to be like adding to this mix? But then you see that when James Harden gets here, he's truly the point guard, right? And, He's out there, you know, he's happy with 17, 18, 14 assists and 10 rebounds. He's he's cool with it, content cool with that. With he's mm-hmm. cool. With and, you know, he, he's had big scoring nights because Kyrie's been in and out of the lineup and KD's been in and out of the lineup. But he's truly is content being that number one facilitator and super efficient. And I, I've loved everything I've seen from the Brooklyn Nets with without. I honestly think you could just give me those two. Well, give me two out of the three. It don't really matter which two. I, and I see them going to the finals. They're going to be a tough out in the in the East. And actually, I think next, uh, oh, excuse me, Nets versus Knicks might be the best matchup in terms of offense. It's going to be exciting. Each other. Yeah, in Madison Square Garden, Brooklyn. I mean, like it kind of writes itself. So I'm kind of hoping we get to that point. Real quick with Jalen Gilkey from uh, WFMY uh, here, uh, WFMY uh, News 2 here in the triad. Um, 
the Jazz and the Suns are top the West. But I don't think anybody takes them seriously. Should Chris Paul be considered in the MVP race? Oh, absolutely. Chris Paul should be considered in the MVP race. I know the Suns had built a lot of momentum late last year before uh, the stop. And then, you know, they won every game they played in the bubble as well. They had they showed that they had a good young nucleus that had talent. You know, Devin Booker, 70 points, whenever. Yeah. But they truly needed to get the ball out of his hands. He was too ball dominant. It was kind of like a James Harden thing in mm-hmm. Houston. When, once one one guy has to have the ball the entire game and do everything, it does. It's not conducive for winning basketball. And now that Chris Paul, the ultimate leader, probably the best leader the game has maybe ever seen, comes to this team with this young talent, just like he did with Oklahoma City. Yep. You know, he took a young core. And he's gotten the ship to the playoffs. And I absolutely agree with the fact that he should get some votes, even though we know the MVP of the league is Jokic, simply because the game's played and the production that's been put out there. It's not, but it's almost like no one's happy about it that it's going to be Jokic. You know what I mean? Yeah, like everyone every look around, they're like, "It's going to be the worst MVP of all time." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> like he's a seven foot triple double machine. Yeah, like he's if a he monster. Ha- it's like, do y'all not watch his tape? Like what's going on? He, he's got he handles the ball like he's he handles the ball better than some point guards in the league. Yeah, he's pass, he's pass. almost impossible to guard. I mean, you you got to be built like Anthony Davis to even really have a shot to really try to exactly. stay in front of him. And there's only like four of those guys in the league, so. That's the only person that I would say could possibly check Jokic is Anthony Davis, and I couldn't really give you another name. Maybe Embiid. Maybe, yeah, I was gonna say maybe Embiid, and even that, it's like that's a that's a that's a push. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna make that a push because I think that could go either way. So, um, yeah, I think I think he's gonna end up locking it up, even though. Right now, uh, in the Western Conference, the, the Nuggets are the fourth seed. They've been staying afloat. They're six and four in their past 10, even without Jamal Murray. He's going to be gone the rest of the uh, the season. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll kind of see. There's some interesting little small storylines going on, but mainly it's for like NBA nerds like us. Like the mainstream exactly. has really, they haven't latched on to what's going to be happening yet. I think these playing games are going to be what gets them involved. Uh, and then, real quick, before I let you go, some Hornet stuff here uh, LaMelo or Anthony Edwards for rookie of the year? It's going to hurt me to say this, but the only reason I'm not going to say LaMelo is because he had to miss such a significant portion of time. And that's mm-hmm. another that's another reason why I didn't mention Joel Embiid for MVP. I'm, gotcha. all, I'm all about, are you on the court? Are you playing? Availability. What, you, what are you doing? You know, how are you helping your team? Now, LaMelo has, his play has been significantly more impactful towards his team, but these numbers, Anthony Day, uh, Anthony Edwards got. I mean, it's nothing to you know sneeze at. 18, 18 points a game, almost nineteen points a game, almost five rebounds a game, yeah. about about three assists. He's shooting forty one percent. So, yeah, it's, it's tough. To see. I, I, I can see like, it. I, I feel like you know, like I said, Lamelo is truly more impactful for his team, but you know, he misses almost twenty games. So yeah, I mean, it sucks, and I, I I'm hoping that they don't count that against them because while Edwards has the better stat line individually, the, the Timberwolves are 21 and 47. They're going to exactly. be in the lottery again. And uh, the Hornets are not, I mean, the Hornets are going to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, and a lot of that has to do with LaMelo. So absolutely does. It has I, pretty much everything to do with LaMelo. Yeah, but I kind of feel like they rate rookie of the year and MVP different. Like they rookie did. of the year is going to be individual who scored the most and MVP is going to be who's the most valuable player to their team. Exactly. Um, 
But again, they even twist that because you could technically give that to LeBron James every year if you really wanted to. It's the, the MJ syndrome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so follow follow Jalen over on Twitter at uh, Silky Gilkey. You can catch his work over with WFMY News too. Um, man, I appreciate having you on, man. And once the NBA playoffs really start kicking off, I'm definitely bringing you back so we can chop it up. Hey, man, it's always a pleasure to be out here on Tobacco Road Radio with my guy Desmond, man. It's a, it's a blessing. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. No doubt, brother. Um, coming up next, we got Rod Funderburk and Brandon Blakeney. They'll be back. We'll uh, complete odds and ends. You're listening to Franchise Players on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. In professional sports, a franchise player is an athlete who is not simply the best player on their team, but one that the team can build their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Franchise players, I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, rejoined by Hot Rod Funderburg and Brandon Blakeney. Follow us on Tobacco Radio on Twitter. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, guys, it was announced on Monday that they are getting a last dance type treatment, a nine-part documentary series that will air on Hulu in 2022. And it got me thinking, who was a who or what's a franchise that, that deserves a last dance documentary? Meaning, who what's a franchise that's out there? That maybe won a couple of championships, kind of stole the hearts of America for a little bit and could fill a nine-part series and you'd be just as entertained as we were uh, during The Last Dance. And to be honest, I think The Last Dance is one of the best sports documentaries I've ever watched. It was very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't even do it the way they wanted to because of COVID. It kind of changed the way they filmed the last like three or four episodes. So it would have been even more in-depth than it was if COVID hadn't happened. Right. Um, but let's let's just uh, – I'll start with you, Brandon. Um What's a team or a franchise or something that comes to mind first that hadn't gotten that treatment that you think deserves to get a last dance type of non-part documentary series on them? Oh, I'm I'm going with my boys, people that really know me. No, but first I have a question about the Lakers because this is the first time I've heard this. Are they just basing it off of like the Shaq and Kobe era or is this going to be like Magic and Jerry? Like old? Like It's going to start in 1979 when Dr. Jerry Buss bought the team and it'll go all the way up to the, the LeBron AD Lakers that won last year. Okay, well, that'd be interesting. Yeah, oh, wow. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. So it'll be basically the Magic era, Shaq and Kobe, uh, and then uh, LeBron and AD. So yeah, I, I hope they have Jenny Buss on there, man. I, uh, oh, I'm not sure. Off subject, but y'all saw her you, all the smoke interview. That was nuts. You like Jenny, don't you? Hey, I, there's a lot to like. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't discriminate. No, yeah, she, but, yeah, um, yeah, she top notch. Yeah, she's she LA, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she is. Hey, she can leave you a chauffeur at the condo if you yeah. want. Yeah, there, there you go. There you go. I'm telling y'all, watch that All the Smoke um, interview she did, though. She talks about meeting Magic for the first time. It's, it's wild. Oh, is that the joint with Matt Barnes and uh, yeah. who's the other Steven guy? Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I might check that out tonight then. So look, it's so like two hours, so it's a movie length. But Oof. um, not to get off too off subject. We got our own podcast right now going. But um, <laughs> like, yeah, me thinking about Jeannie Bus over here. <laughs> man, she don't age. I'm telling. <laughs> no, she don't. <laughs> okay, yeah, we get we get off track. We get off track. Go yeah, ahead, give, give me a. Uh... <laughs> I know, right? I'm in my living room, looking around, <laughs> looking at the doors, like I'm going to through one of these doors. Uh, who you got? Who's the franchise that you would think? <laughs> one one franchise that I really liked, like when the Hornets left town the first time, I became a Cleveland Cavaliers fan before LeBron. Like I'm talking Mark Price, Young, Zadrunas, oh, Galgakis. Wow. Yeah, I, I mean, them guy. 
Yeah, man, I've been a Cavs supporter for a, a long time. I took some lumps along the way, but anybody that knows me, like, really knows me, knows that. Um, Why did you like the Cavs team? before LeBron was there? Like, honestly, what drew you to them? Honestly, it was their uniforms on NBA Live, like, playing the video game, like, 98, and they had the, oh, uh, like, wow. that one with the basketball going into the hoop. Yeah, that's the first yeah. one I thought of. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> like I just I started going for them after that, and then I started wow. really watching games. But the history is crazy, man. Like, like they they got like Mark Price for one was one of their best players, and yep. I think that would be good as far as him having his careers at Junior Elgalskis. And then of course you get to LeBron era, but you could build up to that. I mean, they had Darius Miles and all types of guys, and they had some good teams. Jordan put them boys out a couple times. And yeah, LeBron finally that. delivering it. I mean, yeah, they, and honestly, that Believe Land, like that that year. LeBron, I was gonna say they kind of got they kind of got a thirty for thirty on it with Believe Land, but it right. really only talks about the Cavs at the end, and it's really more about right. the city. Like my in laws are from Cleveland, so I have to hear this every summer. Basically, like they don't even claim the Cavs unless LeBron's there. <laughs> Pretty and much, man, like they ain't, they ain't claiming them right now. <laughs> I was rocking them with them. Man, they're, they're 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 not that great, but they're fun to watch. But I was rocking with them when Kyrie was the man in 2011. That's my favorite player in the NBA. So mm. I think his saga there, and then how they put that big three together, and LeBron and the Pistons battling. I mean, that was iconic. That was fun to watch. LeBron basically murdered them on national TV. Like I've seen him murder the Pistons like that. I've seen him murder the Celtics like that. With uh, mm-hmm. when the Heat were down three two and they had to go up to Boston. That game six where LeBron wasn't joking and laughing in the uh, the warm up line. He was just standing there <laughs> staring at him, and then went off for like forty something on them. They couldn't do anything to stop it. <laughs> it was magic. That was my second it. pick though. The Heat. I mean, obviously, would be a great one too. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't even write them down. So the Heatles, like the LeBron. Uh, Dwayne Wade, Shaq, Chris no, Bosh. before that, mm-hmm. like when Shaq and D Wade were there, Alonzo Morning. Oh, like that like team o- was nuts. The 05 Heat, yeah, Shaq. That was the year Shaq after he left Kobe and the Lakers because of money, he wanted bigger money, and he went with uh, D Wade, Kobe, a young D Wade. Kobe was <laughs> snitching too. We got it. I mean, rest in peace, Kobe, but Kobe was snitching that year. <laughs> Kobe was out here snitching on everybody. Remember, he was putting Shaq's business out there in the street. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. Around, he was getting in up. trouble himself. Uh huh. So he was getting in trouble thing. himself that year. <laughs> yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's all water under the bridge now with Kobe gone. But yeah, that, they, yeah, that was a little rough. That, that would be an interesting thing to watch. I, I'd be down to watch that. Uh, Rod, what you got? What was the first team or franchise that came to mind that you'd want a last dance treatment given to? That I would want it given to. I, you know, Lakers would be the ones that I would want it given to, deserving of it. I would say a town that has done. A lot of things, you know, socially, business wise, as well as in the sports industry. And and I would say the Pistons, Detroit Pistons. I think, Hmm. you know, that franchise history and the way it came in inception, being around the Motor City, you know what I mean? The jobs they gave the people around there and being a blue collar town. I think that would be a pretty good franchise, you know, uh, documentary to to listen to. I really think it would be. I like that one, too. Um and again, there's kind of a 30 for 30 on that, too, on the bad boys. Yeah. It's not a non-part mm-hmm. thing, but it's good, too. I'll right. be there and watch right. some of this stuff tonight. Just we're kind of reminiscing Man. on some yeah. of these. Yeah, because they, they even do. the bad oh, boys, they they can they continue on to where Rashi Wallace and Rip Hamilton and all them boys came yeah. and won the championship, too. Yeah. So they were, they, You know what? That 04 Pistons team, because I was thinking about this the other day, because uh, Kendrick Perkins has been wilding out on uh, ESPN the past. <laughs> well, like, he always weeks. is. He's been saying, like, <laughs> the craziest stuff. And he, I think one of them said, it might have been Max Kellerman, where it was like, you have to have one, at least one superstar to win the NBA title. 
Like you normally won't see a team just kind of get through all of it and win it all without at least one superstar. Right. Those Pistons might be the last team that won it without a, a legit top 10 player in the league. I can't think of another team. I mean, the Mavericks. They had was Dirk. Dirk top he, 10 that year, though? Like I that he was, year? Was he top I, I, think I think he, he was. was. The, I think he was the league MVP. Yeah. I think he won MVP uh, that year. So, I mean, yeah, I know, right? So I was like, okay, maybe the map. Nope. They had Dirk. What? Yeah. And they had I mean, Jason they had Kidd. Jason Kidd too. was. Jason Kidd was on that team. He's a top. I'd say Jason Kidd's a top five point guard of all time, like all time. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. was so, old, I mean, yeah. Though, man. Yeah, he was old, but <laughs> I mean, he's there. So I mean, <laughs> he was—he was out there starting. He was playing with him. They had that JJ Stop. Barrera. <laughs> Tyson Chandler was defensive player of the year that year too. Yeah, so they had a little squad. They shouldn't have beat those Heat, but no. yeah. But so I mean, there, I was trying to think: is there another NBA team like that? 04 Pistons that didn't have a legit top ten star when they won. Because if you look, if you go back from last year on and just look at the NBA champions that won, typically it's going to be a team that has a top 10 player on it. And usually it's a team with the best player on it that wins the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's not like the NFL. Up. You know, like it's it, usually oh, the cream runs to the crop in the, in the NBA. You don't get an eight seed going all the way to the NBA finals uh, unless it's like that shortened out lockout year that we had that had the Knicks in there. <laughs> and even then, and even then they had like, uh, Latrell Sprewell and Allen Houston and Patrick Ewan was still playing. Oh, yeah. So, Sprewell's yeah, underrated, man. Yeah, he was underrated for sure. I, I wrote down a couple, a couple that I was thinking of. Oh. Of course, the one, the most obvious one that was in my face, the 2015 to 18 Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Like yeah. that whole, like how they drafted that team. People forget Monta Ellis was on that squad for a little while. They had to just, they had to kind of decide between Monta Ellis and Steph. Uh, no, it was that, more Monte and Clay. Yeah, that's what it was. It was Monte and Clay. The fact that Steph was even available for them to draft because the Knicks didn't draft him. They drafted, I think it was Ricky Rubio. They drafted instead. And, and Steph was sitting right there. <laughs> right there. And Steph had the ankle problems. Nobody saw Steph like uh, the way he is now. The first couple of years he was in the league. Like he was right. injury prone. He couldn't stay on the court. And then they drafted Clay. They got Gray- uh, Draymond in the second round. Mm-hmm. They got Andre Iguodala to come over in free agency, and they kind of built that core. And next thing you know, the Warriors are here blowing out people. And did, I kind of use it as Harrison Barnes. Yes, they did. They drafted Harrison Barnes, and they they ended up flipping that to open up the space to bring Kevin Durant in a couple years later. But to be honest, they probably better off if they kept Barnes, like in the long run. Less I think they could have went, you know, yeah, and I think they could have went back to those same NBA Finals they went to with Harrison Barnes, like they did with Kevin Durant. It just Steph Curry stepped back when Durant got there. And now we're seeing Steph over here, you know, shooting insane numbers and scoring 40 points at will because he can, where he just kind of shut it off a little bit the past two years. So I had that written down. I have the 2000s Patriots written down, like from the year. Oh, from I the know mo- we're doing all sports. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking everything. Well, you thought it was just basketball? Yeah, no, I was, like, yeah, I, I was uh, thinking it was just basketball. Oh, yeah. my bad, y'all. No, I was thinking just whatever, like any sport. Is there a franchise or anything out there that uh, that deserves you, a non-part treatment? You, you know, I would have been yelling Cowboys all day Absolutely. long. That would be that's a good yeah, one. The yeah. uh, the early '90s Cowboys, how they got built and everything. Yeah, that. Oh, really we could go back all the way to Danny White and Roger Staubach and the Woo. boys, and come on up through Danny oh, yeah. White. We can go all. We, the, we could we, talk about how Roger Staubach was in the Vietnam War serving his country, mm-hmm. and then came to play. 
for the Cowboys who wanted to give him a shot just for his military experience. Come on we, now. We can talk about Nate Newton and that truckload of cocaine or whatever it was he brought through. Uh, yes, we can. <laughs> we can talk about the Dallas, the Bunny Ranch and how you can go to yeah. the Bunny Ranch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can say this is Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> whatever goes on here stays here at the Bunny Ranch. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> you can do one on the Cowboys for sure. That can the Yankees, too. Yeah. I would say like the Yankees yep. or the Cubs. 2000 Yankees, 2000 yep. Yankees, I would say. Uh, oh, the Cubs breaking through. That'd be a good one, too. Um, and I also wrote down, have you ever watched Battle of Tobacco Road? It used to be on HBO. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's yeah. Carolina and Duke. It's about the rivalry. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine, he, uh, he mailed it to me. He burned it off on his DVD and mailed it to me years ago, and I lost it. And my wife found it a couple weeks ago <laughs> in our stack. So I watched it. And I was like, damn, this is still really good. But it stops mm-hmm. at like 2005. So like, oh, it, wow. yeah, right, so like right. that's where it ended from when they made it. And I think that's why they don't play it anymore because it's almost outdated because since 05, let's see, Duke's won twice. Carolina's won two twice. more. Yeah. So they've had. Yeah. So, I mean, and they've both been the final fours and stuff since then. Uh, ACC championship. So they could do from 2005 to present for a part two, like the U part two, oh, yeah. basically. Um, I was going to say the U, but they already kind of got that with the U and the U part two 30 for 30 on a uh, ESPN plus, but yeah, I could see a Carolina Duke, like a, a, a sequel to battle of tobacco road um, where it goes for the, the past 15 years. Cause they can, I mean, you're talking about uh, Tyler Hansborough didn't get touched. Well, they kind of showed him at the end. They didn't really go too yeah. deep into it. Uh, Zion, Marvin Bagley, uh, Tatum, uh, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irvin, Raymond Felton, you know what I mean? Like the, the 2017 Carolina shot. team, the, the Chris Jenkins shot, like all of it. You can yeah. go into all of that. So, I mean, it, yeah, that that's that was one I was thinking. Is there any other ones y'all could think of? Oh, well, I will. I wanted to touch on Rods a little bit. I think that the Pistons one really hit home. I actually met Isaiah Thomas and heard him talking about, like, the bad boy Pistons. And he was just telling the story about even how um, he was the coach before the uh, malice in the palace, he was actually the coach of Indiana before Larry Bird took over, and he was just giving crazy insight. But it was also what I what I liked most about it. I think would be dope, especially in the time we're in, the culture that we're in right now. Is the Pistons were known? Well, I don't know. They were the first ones to really hire black media only to really like mm, interview yeah. and cover the team. Like they told us. So I think that was dope because a lot of the the African-American media wasn't getting a lot of uh, love in the NBA during the bad boy Pistons time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's that's good. That's good. Actually, might make me want to watch bad boys. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to watch this evening when all this is done. So that that's a good one, too. Rod, you got any other ones you want to throw in there? Man, well, not at the moment. There's, uh, as long as I got my Cowboys in there, I wanted to get the Pistons in there. After that, man, hey, that's all love to me. Hey. Yeah. And LaMelo going to have us one for the Hornets. Generational talent. Hey, and and who and who was out here screaming? We needed Lamelo for that very reason. It was me. <laughs> I was like, everybody oh, wants Danny. Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman. No. I was like, we need Lamelo. Charlotte needs a star that that could potentially be a top ten player in the league down the road. They need somebody like that. I've and been Lamello, team Lamello, since Lamello. that kid was getting buckets. You have, Hills. yeah, you have. You actually one of the few people I know that's been on Lamelo like for years, and like got me to really start paying attention to him too. Because I, I remember fifteen year old Lamelo, like yeah. super in, insecure, immature Lamelo, and yeah. I'm thinking that in my head until you really start watching him. You're like, this dude's playing against grown men in Europe that are smoking cigarettes at halftime or whatever. 
Right. Like, he out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drinking beers in the third quarter or whatever on the bench before they get called back. He out here playing with these dudes. And like, he grew. He really yeah. grew. I haven't seen a, a single lick of ir- ir- irresponsibility or immaturity from him this whole season in and terms of. LeVar Ball, too. That that nonsense. He's like, I haven't he's seen Jordan one on one. Right. I, I, I haven't exactly. seen LeVar at all. Like the whole year, I haven't seen LeVar pop his head up. And now, granted, a lot of that's because of COVID and they weren't allowed to be in there. But <laughs> I mean, it ain't like he ain't got ways to be shown. It's almost like LeVar took a step back once these kids got put in the league. And, I Oh, I did. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say that's kind of cool that he kind of talked them into the league. And he's Uh-oh, got you yeah. know, two, 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 two boys that are top three picks in the NBA. That ain't bad, oh, man. Absolutely. And I think, too, Melo was kind of more outspoken than Lonzo about, hey, I'm my own man. Like, I, I, I'm he saw. not with big baller brand. Like, yeah, yeah he, he saw that crash and burn. So he got a chance to see it all. Lonzo was like the guinea pig. So he saw it go down. We got, man, we, man, we were up against it. Um, we got to get out of here. But uh, you can find this and other episodes of Franchise Players in the archives on the Tobacco Road Sports Radio Podcast Network. Just search Tobacco Road Sports Radio on Spotify, Anchor, uh, Anchor Google, Apple, uh, iTunes. We're all over the place. So you can catch us there. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for Rod Funderburk, Brandon Blakeney, our guest, uh, Jalen Gilkey from WFMY News 2 TV. Uh, peace. We will see you all tomorrow. You did.